So uh, many years ago when I went to seminary, we uh, encountered, I as an Irish person encountered this phenomenon known as spaghetti, uh, which uh, we as Irish people have no idea how to eat. And uh, I was at the table then with Germans and French and Italians and all of this, who have a lot, little more experience in the je ne sais quoi and finesse of managing the spaghetti, which of course we shovel and then kind of very unceremoniously try to kind of strategically lower it into one's mouth, which is definitely not the way to impress anyone on a first date. Never order spaghetti or fish in general <laughs> for many reasons. Um, but spaghetti. So then, and then I remember like uh, we were about a couple of days into this whole thing. Uh, and then one of the, my brothers said, look, okay, I have to show you how to eat spaghetti, man. You're making a mess of it, right? You're embarrassing yourself and our community and actually most of the human race by the way you're eating. So I have to show you how. So uh, you just showed me how to do it. And uh, there I had to learn and practice. To this day, now also in Holy Family, nobody wants to sit beside me when we have spaghetti because I always comment on how I don't comment. I'm trying to help uh, on how people eat spaghetti because we're, we're just not very good at it in Ireland. We're just not. We're, yeah, we just, I don't know, we don't try. We cut it. By the way, if you cut it, if, if you cut spaghetti in, in Italy, it means you're four years old. Like, people who cut spaghetti, it's because you're a child. That, so when they see like, adults cutting their spaghetti, they, like, they, they just have no time for you at all. You have no self-respect. But, but while these are kind of small, this is a small kind of an example, uh, it was one of those situations where someone had to show me something that I needed to know. Someone had to show me something that I needed to learn, okay? And in the moment, it might be a small bit embarrassing. In the moment, it might be a small bit, uh, maybe even humiliating, depending on your age. You know, depending on your age, like you may not want to be shown anything at all. Uh, so I had to be shown this thing and then learn and practice and fail and get up again. Also then living in a foreign country where you have to speak a foreign language. That's, that can be very humiliating because you will constantly make mistakes, especially for the first year or two. And sometimes you can make hilarious mistakes. Just you're not quite sure why it's hilarious. But everyone else is fairly convinced that it is. <laughs> and it can be very embarrassing, you know, when you're learning a language or you're learning things. But in all of these things, it is an, a, such a blessing. And I'm saying this from personal experience. Such a blessing to have someone who, who cares about you, who loves you, and will tell you you're wrong. Because they care, because they care, they'll tell you you're wrong. And it's, it, it's like, as I said, this is, this is such a gift and such a blessing. And I will need people or someone like that in my life probably until I die. Because I will always be getting things wrong. And I will always need help. And I will always need redirection. And as I say, it's, this is such a gift. You hear St. Paul today now. He says there must be, like, so he's, in a way he's giving out to the, to the Ephesians, right? He's calling them out on something. And he's saying there must be no coarseness, not, so not, not like effectively bad language or being rough. There must be no coarseness, no salacious talks or jokes. All this is wrong for you. Raise your voices in thanksgiving instead. So if, when we're using our, our, our voices for, for criticism or negativity or whatever, it's just like there's, there's no place for this in you. Raise your voices in thanksgiving instead. You know, and like, what I find interesting is, is when someone calls me out on something that, that may have to change. I don't know about you, it maybe depends on your personality, 
Um, my initial reaction is, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> my, initial, my initial reaction externally actually probably is thank you. My initial reaction internally is to defend myself or justify myself or tell the person that they're wrong and show them why that they're wrong. You know, your initial reaction, I think often if, when, we're, when we're shown something that we're, we're a little out of line, is to say, no, no, you're wrong. And I feel judged. That makes you wrong because you just judge me. And then we can kind of justify ourselves like. And yet, like, just to take kind of a step back, is what the person is saying true? Is it true? Because if it's true, then that changes everything. If it's true, then the excuses don't really matter. And nor does it really matter even who tells you, if it's a person younger than you or a person who's, who you know, don't has, doesn't have authority over you in some way. But it, it, is what the person's saying true? Because if it is, then what's your problem? If what they're saying is true, then any other kind of reaction we have, to be honest, is just good old-fashioned pride. If what the person says to us is true, then, then that's up to me to change. Because any, anything else is probably me just, just trying to you know, control things and direct things as I wish. But if I've been called out on something, by, again, it's, it's always by someone who loves me, someone who, who, who's trying to kind of push me down, someone who's trying to offend me, we don't have to take their words seriously at all. Uh, what they say is said to hurt, no thank you. But someone who cares, Someone who you can look you in the eye and you know they care and you know they love you and they call you out on something. If what they say is true, what if this is actually the almighty Father's way of speaking to you in your language at a time when, when, when you can hear it? Not through signs and symbols, which can be helpful, but maybe a small bit vague as well because you have to try and interpret them. And does, What does this mean? Okay, so I have to go there. Do I have to go there now or next year? And do I have to change this now or, or is it with this person? Or, and you don't really know what the sign is supposed to mean. So if what the person is saying is true and it's coming from a person who loves you, maybe this is actually the Lord speaking. And I, have a, I say, I, I, I've experienced this myself. And that's actually where I'm speaking from this evening. Like where someone called me out on something I needed to change and they were right. And my initial reaction was well my initial reaction was kind of embarrassment or shame to be honest because you don't want I don't want any I know none of us want our failures to be seen and so I was called out on it in, in the most loving way possible but 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 called out on it nonetheless and so I've been I have been I've been reflecting on this for the last uh, couple of days and weeks myself now I mean I'm uh, trying to get to know myself and understand myself as well because I, I I mean <laughs> I, you know, the, the expression practice what you preach, that's kind of it's a lovely expression for most people. I preach every day. That means I have an awful lot to practice. Like, I have an awful lot that I have to be living. So, like, so yeah, when, when I'm called out on something, um, it's kind of embarrassing because I go, shoot, I should have seen that. I should have known that. I should have done that. I should have avoided that. I should have known. And that's pride. <laughs> that's me being proud, saying, well, I should, have, I should be perfect. So having the experience, and I, this is something I actually would wish for everyone, I would pray for everyone, that they have a friend in their life who loves them enough to tell them they're wrong. 
Because it's such a gift. It is such a gift to have somebody in your life who loves you and will tell you you're wrong when you are. Because they love you. Because they love you. They're motivated by love. They're motivated because they actually care. So in, in our own lives, how do we have a person like that? Or, <laughs> or would people not dare come close to us because we already have the sign up, not interested in correction here? Jesus himself, I mean, today in the gospel, he sees how the synagogue official gets indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. I mean, just imagine that, that like the, Jesus thinking, are you, an, I mean, you take your animals out you untie them so that they can drink. Would it not be right if this woman would be untied of her, her, the suffering that she has undergone for 18 years and you have a problem with her being healed on the Sabbath? I mean, have you understood anything? And he calls them out because he loves them. This isn't just, just him losing control and just getting angry. And It's because he loves. St. Paul, similarly earlier, as we explained. And my hope and prayer is that, is that there is someone in our lives who does that for us. That there is someone who who looks at us, knows how we are, knows who we are, loves us where we are. It's, it's, it's similar to maybe like a, like a parent. A parent, they see their child, they're absolutely, they, they love their child, they love their little, little, little Michael, right? But they would be really, really happy if little Michael would use the potty because that would save an awful lot of nappy time, right? So like you can love them where they are and still want more for them because you love them. Someone can, can, can look at us and know us and love us as we are with our in, incomplete hearts and our wounded hearts and our brokenness and all of that. Love us where we are and, and maybe even be, be able to identify what the next step is because they love us, not because they want power or control or they want to feel good about themselves, but because they actually care. And this is, as I say, like what a gift. What a gift. But I think we have to recognize it as a gift. If we don't see it as a gift, we might see it as somebody interfering. We might see it as someone on a power trip. We might see it as someone trying to control and miss maybe the voice of, of God speaking in them and through them. Because if they're speaking truth, if what they say is true, well, then maybe this needs to be revealed. Maybe this needs to be healed. Maybe this needs to be worked on. And maybe it needs to start today. So we ask the Lord. We ask the Lord for humility. And we ask the Lord for the gift of good friends. The gift of people who love us and know us. And because they do, they're willing to risk calling us on to more. Because it's always actually a risk from that person's perspective too. If they call you to more, that might damage the friendship. It might harm the friendship. It might, might cause embarrassment. It might cause anger. So there's always a, a risk. It's not, you know, it, it, it's not always the most pleasant thing to have to help someone by telling them that, that maybe what they're doing is not, is not helpful or is not good or whatever the case may be. But they love you enough to risk that. I pray that all of us will have people like that in our lives so that we might be guided always in our lives, in the everyday particulars, to imitate God as children of his that he loves.